Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Wow. I am so excited to be here. And thank you guys all. I know those listening cannot see, but it's amazing. People would actually wake up this early just to hear us record. (laughs) It's pretty incredible. So thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Gretchy. So we've had a long week. We we're at podcast movement before this. Yeah, double duty. Double duty. Podcast movement, now true crime festival. Podcast movement was fun. It was. It was so fun. Well, we started. We started. Actually, we're just trying to figure out the Spotify live thing, guys. Um, we are doing a live show at, we are here at the True Crime Podcast Festival. We're going to start a little early because Gretchen's case is longer than they allotted us the time in this room. Okay, so we went to Podcast Movement. We spoke on a panel. That was really fun. Everything at Podcast Movement was pretty cool except for the uh, parking garage at the hotel was horrific. It was really low, like the... When you drove in and Gretchen thought we were going to hit the, the top the whole anxiety. time. I, yeah, she yeah. the whole time. I, I still like that. I think it gave me a nod on my back. From all the stress? <laughs> oh, I don't like it. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. So what Other is... Other than that, it's good. 
Great. Yes. Okay. Should we just get into it? Well, we only have a certain amount of time, so let's do it. Okay. So today's case is about a woman named Elizabeth Mulder. She goes by Lizzie. This case is real near and dear to me because it all went down literally near me in South Orange County. I am a transplant to the Dana Point, San Juan Capistrano area, but Lizzie grew up here. She went to the local high school and moved away when she, you know, like went to college. And then she came back after she got married around 24 to a man named Jesse, who, from what I gather, spent some years living in our old hometown tab. Ventura? Yeah. Before moving to the OC where Lizzie had grown up. Listen, a lot of those people from Ventura moved to OC or San Diego. Yeah. Well, thank Yeah. Did you know this guy? No, I didn't know this guy, but I actually don't think that many people move from Ventura. Thank the Lord. (laughs) I like my anonymity. I go to the grocery store in my pajamas. That was the one thing about Ventura. Everybody knew us. So, or not like, I guess in high school, like you felt like you ran into like- I don't like, feel like I have anyone to impress now. Although now- And somehow I don't even like to go to the mall in Ventura. It gives me like anxiety. Like I'm going to run into people. But you don't anymore. Trust me. I don't know anybody there. Yeah. I don't right. know why I feel some kind of way, but- <laughs> Because I'm, I'm childhood uh, yeah, trauma. Childhood trauma. That's right. Okay. <laughs> To anyone that knew Lizzie and Jesse, they seemed like they were killing it at life. They were living in a beautiful ocean view home in my neighboring town of Laguna Beach. For those who don't know, the difference between Dana Point and Laguna is Laguna is charming and artsy and there is no place to park ever. And the cost to live up the coast just about a mile is a whole lot more. That's what I was saying. I was going to say the difference is millions. Yeah, the same size condo in Dana Point is $500,000 less than it would be in Laguna. Half a million bucks, mile away. Half a mil. Yeah, okay. Location, location, location. location. Right. Okay, so for Lizzie and Jesse, in addition to having the coveted Laguna home, Lizzie owned horses in San Juan. (laughs) <laughs> she boarded them at a stable that's like extra in stable circles. Like the fan, the good one. The fancy. The, the writs of stables. She was paying like $3,000 a month for horsey to boredom. Okay, so Lizzie also kept up with the Orange County stereotype that plastic surgery is a necessity. For the record, while there are definitely those freaks of nature's walking around that have obviously been nip-tucked and filled um, and haven't had a carb in a decade, as a local, I will tell you there are many more women that can move their foreheads and drive mom cars and eat tacos. I see them every day. Are you one of those? I'm not. (laughs) Hopefully. Can I? (laughs) She's like, because you're kind of like an in-betweener. Oh, I'm an in-betweener. Yeah. Just the forehead. I like to keep that shit Tight. smooth as a baby's butt, but I <laughs> but do you enjoy the tacos. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Lizzie and Jesse's two young girls also attended a private school in Laguna. So, you know, that tuition sets back, right? So the question is, what do Lizzie and Jesse do to afford this lap of luxury lifestyle? Well, let me tell you. Jesse worked as a valet at the Ritz. That's where I stay. (laughs) 
Yeah, we're so relatable. (laughs) Yes, true. True that. Yes. So he eventually got hired on as a fireman for the city of Orange. But I mean, come on. Even if he had been racking up that fireman overtime for years, his salary is not paying the majority of that ocean view mortgage and those stable fees. No way. No way. The stable fees alone are probably like $20,000. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then there's Lizzie. She worked out of her home office, just like me. Hers was a little nicer than my closet with the ocean (laughs) view and her impressive degree from Pepperdine. Oh, Hanging up. Yes. For all her clients to see. Lizzie's business was as a CPA. She was the owner of Mulder Financials. She had clients all over town and clearly she was doing well for herself with what she did. So one day when she was catching up like you do with the stylist who was doing her hair at the Tony and Guy Salon in Newport Beach, I know I've been there. Huh. Yeah. A long time ago. It was the, really the best haircut I ever got. That's Newport is too far from me it was to drive probably now. And I really love my the hair most girl. expensive haircut you all I was ever got to. I probably didn't eat for like a week, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I went. Yeah. So um, she's catching up with the stylist and her name was Lauren. And she mentioned that her and another stylist, Geneva, were going to franchise the salon that they'd been managing up to that point. So Lizzie offered to help them with the financials, like your basic bookkeeping, tax preparation. She had them come over to her home office to formalize everything. And when they saw where Lizzie lived, they were impressed. Lizzie had also gotten to know Lauren personally when a few years ago they had connected at a mutual friend's wedding in Italy. Lizzie told Lauren and Geneva at their meeting, actually, you can't afford me, but I just like you girls and I really want to help you. So you can just hook my family up with salon treatments. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll keep track of your new business venture for you. And so the deal seemed like a no brainer and they agreed right away. And in the beginning for them, from the transition from management to franchise salon owners, everything was fine. And then it wasn't. They ran into some problems with their payroll service, ADP. The direct deposits for the employees didn't like go through. Lizzie handled that for them. They called her and she assured them that the deposit was pending, not to worry. She would handle it and just come down and she would come down and write individual checks for the employees. They were grateful. It was like she stepped in because, and saved the day. Because ADP was the one that was having the problem? Yes. Is that what she said? Yes. Yes. Okay. She came in and saved the day, but it kept happening every two weeks. These women, you know, they're new business owners. And so they're frustrated that direct deposit didn't work like it was supposed to. And so they spoke to ADP representatives, you know, personally, as did Lizzie. And Lizzie always forwarded them all of her email correspondences. And so they were assured, well, this, you know, it's like this sucks, but everybody is working on this. Look at all this communication. They say that Lizzie also, she kind of had this way of being like a smidge condescending to them. Like when they asked a lot of questions, she was like, don't you worry your pretty little hairdresser brains about things like taxes and deposits. Let my big brain that went to Pepperdine, you know, do that for you. It's all handled. But things kept popping up that they couldn't help but annoy Lizzie with. Like the power went out inexplicably. (laughs) 
That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> they had an the auto blow dryers do not work. work. That's power. exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so they had an auto pay account with the Edison company. So they couldn't understand why they would shut it off. But the power is off. And while they're trying to figure out how to manage the high-end salon without lights and blow dryers, the Edison company actually calls the salon and explains that there was some kind of fraud going on on their account, but it's been rectified now. Power is going to be restored and everything is going to be fine. And eventually the lights did go on, but then something else kind of annoying happened. They had made a $10,000 payment to their business credit card and they could see that the check was withdrawn from the bank, but it wasn't reflected in the credit card balance. And so, you know, that's concerning. Right. But Lizzie just, she had a way of explaining everything away. And she also had proof. She always forwarded them her correspondences with the bank, creditors, or whoever was just the cause of the latest mix-up. And there were a lot of them. But Lizzie was on it. And so from their point of view at the time, it was like, Lizzie always comes in and saves the day. And being a business owner is real tough. It's tough. Yeah. Especially if you're not actually a business owner, right? Like, yes. And it was almost like, it's like she, they were burdening her and she was coming in and saving the day. And of course she was because she was their friend. And she was doing it technically for free, right? For salon, right. Salon credit. Yes. So being such a close friend, naturally she was at Lauren's intimate wedding and Lizzie gifted her $10,000 worth of wine for the occasion. Lizzie got the wine from another one of her clients, Jack Wines, which was owned by Jay Avery. Jay had a successful business of buying overstock wine from wineries, and then he would blend it himself. He had poured his heart and finances into this business. And while professionally, Jay was kind of killing it, which is why he needed to hire Lizzie so he could focus more on, you know, blending. Yeah. Personally, life was rough. Jay was going through a messy divorce. He had had five surgeries over two years, stemming from his days of playing hockey. The surgeries were necessary, but they resulted in him developing an opioid addiction. He really hit bottom when he got a DUI and his addiction came to light. Lizzie was there for Jay at his worst. She told him that her brother had died from addiction and she couldn't lose him too. And she would do anything to get him into treatment. And he listened to her. So Jay gave Lizzie signing authority so she could essentially run everything while he got help at a treatment center for 60 days. When he got back, everything was going so well. Lizzie continued her new role overseeing and she had exciting news for Jay. A Chinese investment firm wanted to invest in Jack Wines and grow the company. Jay was stoked. He was also sober and healthy and had more enthusiasm than ever to take the business to the next level. Maybe that's what we need to do. Go to rehab? Get sober. (laughs) (laughs) Not happening. (laughs) Okay. He also had love in his life. He met a disco biscuit named Marla that was completely supportive of his sober journey and business ventures. So for over a year, 
Jay corresponded with the investment firm's rep, Brent Harrison, via phone call and email. He dumped everything he had, all his dollars, into developing samples and preparing for this $2 million investment that was on the table. It was all going to come to fruition at a meeting they had scheduled in Seattle. But hours before Jay was set to leave alongside Lizzie, of course, going to accompany him, Brent asked for an updated life scan. Have, have you done a life scan? No. Okay. Life scan is like a pretty universal background check. You have to do it at my kid's school. Oh, maybe I have. I have to do that too. Like it's, it's like, like one, they do like the fingerprinting and everything. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, Jay had done one not that long ago as part of getting his liquor license. And so it should have sufficed. They're good for like 10 years. He was in no rush to do another one because the one that he had done was before his DUI. Okay. Okay. So he's like, let's just use this. Right. Right. Okay. So he ended up getting in an argument with Lizzie about it because he said it was just unrealistic for them to demand this hours before the meeting after all this time. And so he's like, you know, I'm just going to go. Right. Anyways, whatever. And she was like, no, you need to stay back because you showing up without what they asked for is going to kill the deal. And Jay was like, "Mm, no, I'm going. Then he received an email from Brent that the meeting was off. At that moment, he didn't know how or why, but he says he just knew everything was a lie and he was devastated. So Marla, who is now his wife. Mm -hmm. Disco biscuit, Marla. Yes. She started doing some digging. She'd always had a feeling about Lizzie. You know, women know feelings, right? Right. Yeah, we know. We know when we know. So she went through the financial records that were in Jay's possession. And what she found was invoices that were sus. Mm -hmm. So she started calling the companies they were from to verify them. She found they were fake. She gathered Jay's fake statements from the past three years and found numerous checks for large amounts written to (gasps) Lizzie Mulder. Lizzie herself. Yeah, like one of them was for like $18,000. Yeah. Marla texted Lizzie that if she didn't come clean, she was going to nail her ass to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Lizzie never wrote back. (laughs) (laughs) So Marla and Jay took what they had down to the Laguna Beach Police Department and spoke with the fraud detective, Jordan Marakian. Detective Marakian says in the beginning, he just humored Jay and Marla um, because what they thought initially was that Jay, that Lizzie was in cahoots with Jay's ex-wife. Remember, he's going through the messy divorce. Right, right. Okay. And that because it looked that way because Lizzie had been exaggerating his income so much that he was paying his ex like through the nose. And so, and they did know that Lizzie and the ex-wife were friends. Okay. So the detective is like, I feel bad for you, buddy, you know, but it all sounded kind of convoluted, but he was willing, he was just being nice. And he was like, oh, I'm willing to help them. He and thought, how much money is it at this point? They don't really, they, at, at that point, they didn't really know. Well, you guys all know the story. Do you know the story about the fraud that 
happened to us with the basketball. And so it seems like people won't like the investigators don't want to go after somebody if it's not that much money and not that much money can be a hundred thousand dollars. It's just still not that much money. Right. 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 Is that kind of what was happening here? Like it's maybe. Oh yeah. And they just, they just think that there's better use of their time for sure. And he wanted to, he thought like I could, I would be better suited for you to get your money back to just go after this woman in a civil suit. Right. Okay. Okay. But Marla is organized AF, right? I mean, she's got everything color coded or whatever and gives him this documents And he ended up finding himself impressed with how much, you know, diligent detective work she had already done. Mm -hmm. So he followed through and further investigated for them. And by the way, all the stuff about Jay's wife, you know, being involved theory turned out not to be true. So Detective Merakian is already investigating Lizzie Mulder of Mulder Financials for Jay when he receives a call from Lauren and Geneva, the salon owners. Lizzie's husband, Jesse, had actually called them and told them that he started doing some snooping because he suspected Lizzie was cheating on him, Mm. which she was, with another business owner that she was both boning and fraudulating at that very moment. (laughs) 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 She was like actually out of town with the guy. So anyways, while she was out of the house, Jesse found some damning evidence that Lizzie was scamming Lauren in Geneva and her other clients. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language. So I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is, you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay the our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership that's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today listeners today's episode is sponsored by acorns are you busy Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. 
What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. He told them to look for checks made out to income tax payments. Oh, that's a good, you know, that's like Uh, going to the Botox bar that's not called Botox bar. It's called something something else like income tax payments. Yeah. (laughs) We have to get those done. Totally. (laughs) So Lauren and Geneva found around $300,000 in those checks. Oh my gosh. What Lizzie had done to them and others as just one of the scams she pulled on people was she had them write checks to income tax payments instead of the IRS. And then she deposited those checks into a bank account that was opened under her husband's name, then titled a DBA doing business Mm -hmm. as income tax payments. And Lizzie was a signer. So it was really hard for them to find this account. Is this not like a red flag for a bank? It should be. It should be, right? It should be. Right. Okay. So Lauren and Geneva were beyond shook. I mean, really for the reason why this case of fraud is so unbelievable to me because Lizzie was their friend. And that's how she was able to take advantage of so many business owners. She became their close friend. So they would never question her. Remember, she used Jay going to rehab to take advantage of him. Oh, what an asshole. And her brother really did die. I looked it up. Oh, I was thinking that was fake. I, I, it would almost be better if it was. Fake? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's so dirty. So Lauren, faced with the realization that Lizzie is full of shit, calls the police and was directed to the fraud detective, Detective Marakian. Okay. This is when it gets real. Yes, this is when it gets real. real Okay, so he hears them out and starts getting as many names of other clients of Lizzie's as he could. And he called them all and Mm -hmm. asked them to, you know, check their accounts. We don't have time to get into all of them, but let me tell you what they all had in common was initially they didn't believe him. They didn't believe the detective? They didn't believe the detective. And he's like, just check the bank, call me and call me tomorrow. Or, you know, or don't call me, whatever. Just check your account. But, you know, they were convinced Lizzie was their friend. So one of them called Lizzie and warned her, like, girl, word on the street is you're being shady. You better get back to town and, you know, clear this shit up. Stop blanking the guy. Yeah, but Lizzie was a <laughs> nasty with her, you know, Sancho slash sucker, right? So slash next- sucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next thing that happened is bananas. So Jesse showed up at the police station and met with the fraud detective. Well, he's smart because he could be roped yeah, right into okay. this. Okay. 
pick. So he he told them he thought his wife was guilty of fraudulation and he wanted to cooperate in any way he could because he just recently got hired on as a fireman, which in oh, Southern yeah. California is a really hard, really hard job to get. Okay. And he was still on probation because it's his first year. Oh, yeah. And he was worried that this mess with Libby could jeopardize his job. And he wanted to divorce her ass for cheating on him. And he has two little girls to take care of. So he just wanted to do what's best for them. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks, Astapro, for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's faster, bro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Roe's partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe dot co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro dot co slash clink so this detective he takes pity on him like wow lizzie is so good she she fooled her poor firefighter husband so he makes an agreement (laughs) with jesse that he will give him a heads up before they conduct a search. And if they do arrest Lizzie, he oh. won't do it in front of the kids. Oh, that's nice. Okay. So maybe you're wondering like, how, so how exactly did this scam work? How did she get all these people to corroborate her tall tales? Like the wine firm, the guy Brent or the bank or the Edison company. She, I feel like she was the one calling. She was, she was one woman show. She used a simple voice changing app. Yeah. That's this it. is Edison. There are dozens of them. In addition yeah. to changing your voice, I didn't realize this. You can change it so the phone number says whatever number you want. What? Yes. So that's why they, because they saw it's the Edison number. It's the whatever. No way. Yes. Yes. Well, that's real shady. It's, yeah. yeah. Okay. So and did so does Lizzie have children? Yes. You just said she has kids. Yes, so she's two. How does she have time for all this? It's your full-time job, Tab. 
<laughs> she must have she's she got, must have help. Okay. Oh yeah, she's got people. Okay. Okay. So I mean, and of course, faking emails, that's not that hard to figure out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Throw in some forged invoices and be completely void of, you know, moral compass that allows you to prey on business owners that you pretend to be your friends. And then that's Lizzie's fraudulation. That's how it worked. Okay. So the detective is continually corresponding with Jesse, keeping him in the investigation loop while he's working on getting a warrant for their house. He's telling him, like, just make sure, you know, like her computer, her phone, like everything is available, especially the phone. And he said he was just so kind, you know, kind with Jesse because he felt some kind of way about him because he was a fireman and they're like brothers with badges. Right. Right. Okay. Well, the day came for him to exercise the search warrant. And so, like he said he would, he gave Jesse a heads up. So Jesse left the house with the little girl. When Detective Merakian showed up with the warrant, Lizzie answered the door without being the slightest bit surprised. And oh. then he knew he had been played. Oh, Lizzie no. had everything boxed up for them. Like, here you go. And ready for them to take away. And her phone and everything had been completely Deleted. wiped clean. Yeah. Yeah. So this detective is like, what the hell, Jesse? So he calls him and says, uh, you need to chat because everything from the house is useless. Well, Jesse calls the detective later that day and asked him to meet him in Bluebird Park. I just mentioned the name of the park because it is a really awesome park in Laguna. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I've obviously been there. Yeah. Okay. So the detective says at the park meeting, um, when he got there, Jesse was just acting like real casual, like, hey, so you're divorced. What's, you know, dating like, you know? And he's like, dude, I don't feel like what's going on. Here? Yeah. What's going on here? You just screwed me, you know? And um, he had shared because he'd kind of like developed this rapport with him in the past, but he didn't feel like sharing anymore. And he didn't understand why they were even having this conversation and then he knew why and because guess who showed up at the park who lizzie yeah she shows up like she just happened to be driving by yeah <laughs> okay one of those streets in laguna that's where bluebird park is that you can't can you park there no 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 <laughs> so you don't okay. just show up okay yeah all right okay so, I mean, she's got some balls. Okay, so... Does she want to talk to the detective? Yeah, so Lizzie is like, hey, detective, let's talk. I'm sure I can explain this whole mess. And he was able to convince her to go down to the station so this interview could be official. He's mm -hmm. like, this is not really how it works, Liz. Okay, so her interview is convincing. She says that she just always tries to save these floundering businesses and she just does too much for them and this is what she gets for helping. Mm -hmm. He does get her to admit that she does not own the home that she tells people she does. They just rent it or? They just rent okay. it, which that point is worth noting since it's questionable regarding like, what did Jesse know or when did he know? Well, he, well, knew, he knew forever. He played along forever that they owned this home. That's what yeah. friends say. He knew that he didn't own the house. Yeah, he knew. Yeah. And he went along with that lie. So he knew there was some lying happening. Right. Yeah, okay. The detective also gets out of Lizzie that she was not a CPA. 
and she did not go to Pepperdine. She went to Cuesta. <laughs> Cuesta is a junior college, so she didn't have a bachelor's degree. She didn't even finish her associates. Oh, she took two classes, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> She barely went. Yeah. She went for the parties, which trust me. They're good. They are good. Yeah. We've, we've been there. Yeah. So when the interview ended, I imagine Lizzie began to question if her powers of persuasion were enough to get her out of this pickle because she checked herself into a mental hospital. What is interesting about that is that mental health professionals can really sniff out who is mental and who is just an entitled guilty bullshitter who doesn't want to face the music, right? Mm -hmm. But criminals try to go into those hospitals because, you know, like it's real hard for them to arrest you there. Well, yeah. And then sometimes if they're real bad criminals, you want to be criminally insane instead of a full-blooded murderer. The doctors can tell. They deal with that all the time. Yeah. So they kick your ass out. So despite the search warrant, you know, not paying off for this Detective Merakian, he still had something like nine businesses at that time that Lizzie had fraudulated. So he takes the case and he had like digital, you know, like proof. He yeah. takes the case to the DA and she was like, mm, I don't know, young mom, no criminal history. I'm not really feeling it. So at that point, Lizzie Mulder almost got away with it. But this detective said, no, Lizzie's going down. So he went over the DA's head and called up an investigator at the most feared government agency ever. The FBI? The IRS. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so true. That is so true. Okay, so here is a fun fact. If you are like a thief or a drug dealer and you generate income illegally, but you report it to the IRS, they will not go after you. But if they find money that you did not report no matter how you got it they'll take your ass down okay yeah okay good to know good to know okay another fact that is not so fun is they don't care if the reason you didn't really pay your taxes was because you were being fraudulated you still owe them plus penalties like they're they they don't forgive that shit the only real protection you have against fraud is on your credit card. That's it. Okay. So sadly, all those people that Lizzie victimized were fazakt. Um, oh, many of man. them, they lost their businesses. No way. The salon survived, but is still paying the government and had to take out you know, additional loans. And Jack Wines is no longer. Oh, man. There's lots of businesses. She took down a feed store been open like 40 years. No way. No, so bad. Okay. So I just, I don't think that Lizzie saw federal charges in her future, but that's what she got in 2017. So when she was looking at facing those, she decided to take a plea deal and awaited her formal sentencing hearing, which was scheduled for five months later. During that time, she found ways to occupy herself by doing what she does best. Frauding other people? More fraudulation <laughs> in the form of hiding her assets. She bought a home in San Juan Capistrano. That's right next to you. For $677,000. That house is worth one point two today. That's a lot. 
Is she, is I wish she, I would have bought a house in that neighborhood at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is she, does she own that house currently? Okay. So, okay. Long story short, after she bought it, she transferred ownership to Jesse. Then he divorced her, which makes it so he owns the home outright. It's conveniently right down the street from her parents. And all of this went on at the same time as Lizzie was telling the federal prosecutors that she didn't have any assets to pay restitution. But they can't buy this just that went, This just went under the radar. Okay. So I'm going to tell you more about that house in a minute. But let it's me tell like you about Erica the sentencing. Girardi yeah, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at the sentencing, the victims showed up. And they told their stories to this judge about how she destroyed their lives, not just financial disaster, but the stress ruined marriages. She also left them with like tainted memories of life events, like the births of their children and weddings, because she so deeply inserted themselves in her life. Mm -hmm. And then it was such a betrayal that now they can't even, you know, look at pictures of those events. Yeah, because she's probably in them, in the pictures. Yeah. So the judge asked them a lot of questions and seemed to really understand how horrendous her crimes were. So he gave Lizzie the maximum that prosecutors were offering her in accordance with the plea agreement, which was 63 months in the federal plank and 1.5 million in restitution, which by the way, she actually cost the victims many more millions than that when it's all when it's all done. Yeah. Okay, so after her sentencing, her story was picked up by a local, you know, paper and then, you know, national papers and media outlets, and they dubbed her the not-so-real housewife of Orange County. <laughs> Marsha Clark did an episode on her crime show about Lizzie and American Greed cover. I mean, I don't know how I didn't know about this. I know, but, right down yeah, the street from I you. I know, right? Okay. Okay, but the person who really did Lizzie's story justice his name is Jonathan Walton. He did a 10-episode deep dive into the case on his podcast, Queen of the Con, which came out in June this year. I thought it was really well done, and he's, he's very likable. And he interviews some of the victims and um, the detective and also her childhood friend of me. A childhood one? Yes. Did she brought which her is, too? That is, what is, that is what is awesome about podcasts is that you know, like American Greed or whatever is not going to find. Well, and that's like short, that do, right? You know, it's like yeah, 40 no, minutes. Get, and you have time to ask the questions. Like, yeah. Yeah. The but questions that we all really want to know. want to know, like, was she always less than nice? Yeah. The answer is yes. yeah. Yeah, always. She started like at four. Yeah. Yeah, it's not <laughs> cool. Okay, so Lizzie served four years of her sentence. And then was released this year. Oh, just recently. Yes. So Jonathan, the podcast host, became so invested in the Lizzie saga that he wrote a letter to the judge who sentenced her, informing him that she had hid assets during her plea deal negotiations (laughs) in the hopes that her deal could be revoked. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that happened. I mean, that would have he, to be another charge, okay, right? So that would he like be talked to, he interviews somebody about it and, you know, they're like, well, I mean, technically she's under his supervision, but 
it's not likely they're no. going to do anything about it. Okay. So no word on that. Um, but yeah, she fraudulated everyone. Also, she's not supposed to be. So she's divorced, right? It's Jesse's yeah. house, right? But guess where she's living? In Jesse's house. She's living there. Yeah. I only know this because Gretchy told me. <laughs> already. We don't you I don't tell know that, people about anything, but I'm like oh she couldn't God. she could not resist. I don't know anything about this case, but she was like the girl that is like the the criminal, she's like, she lives down the street from me. Yeah. Okay, so what do we think? Do we think that Jesse and Lizzie really I think he's a fraudulator too. Divorced? No, just no, they just divorced there. on paper. Yeah, they yeah. She if he and her are living together, I almost think that Can you maybe imagine what it's like to like live in a house with a the mortgage, like they own that house in full. Oh, they know they mortgage. no way. Yeah. Paid cash. Yeah. And they could sell it for 1.2 and she owes 1.5 in restitution. She's not selling that house. Mm-mm. And she's never getting married to him again. She's living there. Yeah. She's just, that's a fraud in itself, actually. Mm-hmm. Right? I might know I, some more stuff. I'm going to talk about it on Patreon. Yeah, she does know more live. stuff. I want to live. So I've got to. So follow us on patreon.com forward slash housewives of true crime. We also are going to join Apple subscription, which should be uh, much easier if you have a hard time with Patreon. Um, this week, we will figure out how to get on Apple subscriptions. So um, you can do it right there if you listen on Apple. Um, do you guys have any questions for us? But thank you for joining. Our, um, oh, let's ask, let's ask our Spotify audience. Stefan, you say for sure they're conspiring 100%. I agree. Um, do you guys have any questions on Spotify? We are open to taking them. If not, you guys, please follow us on Housewives of True Crime group. That's where we interact with everybody. And we also are on Facebook. We have a kind of dieting exercise, which we don't keep up with too much because we're not doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Instagram, we are getting better at TikTok starting this week. Sure. Kristen says IRS is for sure the scariest. I would have to agree. She divorced him. Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Sorry, I still haven't got you your shirt. It's my shirt guy is really awful. Sorry. She divorced him. So he got the house and she wouldn't have to sell it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is fun. We're excited to meet you guys out um, at the podcast area. Yeah. And we have a fun contest too. I know. So, so should so, we end the recording? Should yes, but end? hold on. Um, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. No question, but just wanted to say I love you guys and you really make podcasting world amazing. Thank you so much. Um, oh, thanks, Rachel. She's our Patreon subscriber too. That's How much nice. did they pay thanks, for the Rachel. house? Oh, Wendy, they paid six six seventy seven. Six seventy seven, and they can sell it for one point two, but mm. they never will. It's probably worth more than that because it would appear they've done some upgrades. Oh, it's like just the Zillow estimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might have driven by. Hi, Drea. <laughs> oh, my husband wants everybody to know that the IRS gives you a finder fee. So if you want to make some money, <laughs> <Gretchen>. <laughs>
If they recover any money, they'll give you a finder's fee. Oh, that is interesting. And Jerry wants to know how you came up with this story. I, how did I come up with this story? I was just- Scratchy loves fraud. I do love fraud and I was looking for something, um, something local. And I, yeah, I just needed a, a murder break. Yeah. Sometimes we get like too overwhelmed with murder. And and especially when we research so much, I feel like if it's too much, it's too much. You know, like yeah. you need like a little mental break. Uh, we're excited to meet you also, Ashley, tonight. And it's definitely sketch, Kristen. Okay. I think that's all the time we actually have. They give us to 930. But wow. <laughs> that's a wop. Clink, clink, guys.